Thank you. He's able, he's able, he's able. Oh. Right, good morning, church. A bit nervous because kind of Russian, whatever, but God is able. Amen? So our overarching title is prayer, your steering wheel, or your spare tire. Okay? And... In this season that we're in, as we're approaching our 21 days of fasting, we've got night fasting, and we've got early morning fasting, and prayer, sorry, sorry, prayer, and we're, as a church, individually and corporately, let me relax here, as a church, individually and corporately, we're asking God for vision. We're asking God for 2020 vision, amen? So, but in order to get that, In order to get that, we're going to have to make prayer the steering wheel. Amen? So you know what the steering wheel of a car is? It turns the vehicle, gives direction. And we know that, I know, this is something God's been working on me on, so I have to be honest. Sometimes prayer can become a spare tire. Mm-hmm. I find myself in a critical situation. So oh, Jesus, 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 let me find a spare tire. But what we need to do in order to get 2020 vision in this time is we have to make it our steering wheel. All right? Okay. So, one thing we do know about the Bible is that if Jesus said something, we better do it. All right? It's important. How many times does he have to tell you the same thing over and over and over and over? And throughout scripture, constantly Jesus reinforces that we should pray. Amen? So I've got a few scriptures there. It says, Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Pray. He says, you may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Pray. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. But this is where it takes a bit of a turn. In Matthew 6, 6, he says, when you pray, you should go into your private inner room. Close the door and pray to your father who cannot be seen. For who is in the secret place or secretly in private? Because your father can see what is done in secret, private, and he will reward you. So my encouragement for you today, and as we journey through this thing, and hopefully I won't be too long, but as we journey through, you'll understand that I'm not just talking about prayer corporately. Along that 21 days of fast, we do come together, but it's the prayer in the secret place. Amen? It's important. Even, this, even today, it was so funny because like, the lady behind me said, maybe that's a prophetic word. When Auntie Jo said pray at 8 a.m. And she meant, well, come at 8 p.m. And I said, no, secret, 8 a.m. It, imp- it was prophetic. Are we going to pray in the secret place? Because from Old Testament to New Testament, we're encouraged in that. In Psalms 91, who you dwells in a secret place. Yeah, so Jesus was talking about something that's old time, long time ago. Come on, get in your secret place. Amen? Because what are the promises from the secret place? 
I just listed a few of them here because I'm not focusing on Psalms 91, believe it or not, you know me. But I just to encourage you, yeah, to deliver, cause to escape, to set you on a high place, respond to you when you and he's speaking, take you from affliction and distress, rescue you, bring you into safety. All these promises are there in Psalms 91. But the one thing you've got to do is get to the... All right? I'm not saying that you don't go there. But what I'm trying to say is a time like this, 2020 vision, in a time like this when the battles are going to get hotter, you may need to visit the secret phrase a little more frequently. Amen? That's what I'm trying to encourage and say. I'm not saying you don't go there. I recently read a book... I know Marcia's read it, Marcia Thomas. And it's called The Rewards of the Secret Place by Ian Christensen. It's a book that's been around for ages and ages, but I tell you, very simple, straight to the point, gives you all the blessings, gives you all the promises, and encourages you in going to the secret place. Yeah? Because when you dwell, it means to abide, to, yeah? to remain in for a time, to linger. Yeah? So in order for you to get the... Exp- um, promises that God wants to give you and for you to have that journey that we're going to have that you need to have and to see get your 2020 vision you're going to have to go to the secret place amen okay so now to my focus scripture which is not Psalms 91 would you believe it after all of that I'm turning into Pastor Hyacinth (laughs) so we're going to look at Ruth chapter 1 there is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire. And we're just sticking with Ruth chapter 1 today. My biblical character of reference is Naomi. Not Ruth, because she ain't in chapter... Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah, which means joy or peace. Um, shall I read? Shall I familiarize you all by reading through the whole of Ruth chapter 1, or do you think we can just bracket it down? How you want it? Familiar with the story? paraphrase okay so here we are in Ruth chapter one and Naomi is a married woman and uh, her name means peace so in the biblical times she means that she's secure all right she's got it going on because she's married because back in those days if you weren't married you had a lot of problems and she's got two children she comes from a good established family amen right She's not perfect by any means in this passage. She's not perfect, but she's got it going on at the beginning. Yeah? She's got her provider and her breadwinner. She's got her legacy if anything happens. But throughout this chapter, you find that she does a bit of a U-turn. Okay. Okay. So what I'm trying to say to you is, in order to get the 2020 vision... And it can be enhanced when we pray. Amen? Okay, so when we look at verse 1, we find that Naomi and her husband were living in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem is house of bread. So if you're in a house of bread, it means you should be eating. Amen? Right. So whether it's in your individual life or you're in church, if you come to church for bread, you're supposed to eat. Amen? And be blessed. So they're living in Bethlehem, and it's a house of bread. But there's a famine. There's a famine in the land. And at the beginning of um, 
chapter 1 and verse 1, it talks about they were living in the time of the judges. So in the time of the judges, it was a time where the children of Israel were a bit unfaithful, which is not uncommon for them, where one minute they're believing and they're worshipping God and they're serving God and the next thing they're going to appear gun them. And I'm encouraging you, no fortune teller, it's not necessary. Find the secret place. All right? Okay. So they find themselves in a recession. Yeah? Bethlehem has no bread. So the Christians, if we're honest with ourselves, that many times we do find ourselves in our own form of famine. Yeah? Despite being in church, being in church doesn't mean you're exempt from issues or problems. All right? It doesn't mean that you're exempt. We're not immune. We find ourselves in dry places. Some of us are homeless, don't have, so we've got children problems, health problems. It's all there. But Elimelech makes a decision. Yeah? Unlike Isaac, who in Genesis, when he was in a time of famine, planted and reaped, Elimelech made a decision. Amen? And when he made that decision, he moved his family. Now, the question, which I don't want you to answer out loud, is when Elimelech made his decision to move his family, was God the steering wheel or did he become the spare tire? Because if you know the story, you know that when he went to Moab, and Moab is a place full of heathens, and I'll go and talk about that in a minute. But what I'm trying to say is, was Elimelech making a decision with God being his steering wheel? Or was it the spare tire? Yeah? Because Moab is a place where they worship Baal. And even if they got a little... You have to ask yourself in a time of wilderness or a time of recession, when you're making your decision, are you making it based on what God is telling you to do like Isaac? Yeah? Or like Abraham and Sarah? Are you doing that or are you making it based on your five senses? What I see, what I hear, what I remember, what happened in the past. Do you understand? But if you're in a secret place, Although what God is steering you to do may not seem the right route, you know that you get to the right destination. Amen? All right. So, the other thing about Moab, it was about 30 miles away. And I thought, well, maybe Elimelech, because of all the paganism and the idol worship, maybe he was a few miles away from his closeness with the Lord. And that's why I'm encouraging you about the secret place. Because sometimes we can be there, but sometimes we may not be as close to the Lord as we should be because we're not frequently in the secret place as often as we should be or could do. Amen? Okay. And then the other thing I thought was, had he forgotten the promises of God? I'm not saying he was right. I'm not saying he was wrong. Because for those who don't know the story, when Elimelech went to Moby died, And not only did he die, his two sons died. So the very thing he's running from death in famine, it unfortunately took place. It catch up with him. Thank you, praise the Lord. So was he forgetting that the psalmist David said, I'd never see the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread? 
Do you understand where I'm coming from? Okay. So, was he self-directed in making his decision? Did he take it upon himself or did he ask the Lord and get guidance? Well, the scripture doesn't tell me and I'm not judging him. You can look at it from two points of view, but I ain't going to judge him. Yeah, because in one breath we can say all of that happened. But then on the other side, you know what you can say? Well, Ruth went on to be the great, great, great grandmother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe that was his permissible will in the first place. Amen? But was he in a secret place? And when I talk about that, you know, recently, um, I, everyone knows I'm a contractor, right? I had a permanent job in about 12 years. Praise the Lord, I give you glory. Amen, 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 amen. And quite often people call me and they say to me, Faith, are you available? Can you come and do this work? Or Faith, can you blah, blah, blah. So about last summer, there was a bit of an upheaval in Greenwich and I said, all right, I'm going to Southwark. When I got to Southwark, they were like, don't worry, Faith, you've got three months. After that, I want you to cover this maternity leave. I thought, praise the Lord, 12 months. Thank you. For those who don't know, I bought a house. So when you've got mortgage, it's different from rent. Anybody know that? Yeah, mortgage is different from rent. When I'm ready with the rent, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 see you next month. Mortgage, you can't do that. I'm going to come take your key. So I, <laughs> so I said, no, no, no. So that looked good for me. I thought, yeah, I'll do that. Then there I was a couple of weeks ago. And I, I seem, you know, sometimes when you're anointed to do something, sometimes you can do something too good. So the team I was in, which is a short-term contract, and I'm supposed to now go upstairs in February, they told me that I can't go upstairs. I said, what are you talking about? That's the plan, isn't it? That's the plan, I'm going upstairs. 12 months, work, work. So in my flesh, I decided, you know, Mal, I'm putting my CV in for that job. They're going to pull it off. They always pull it off. I put my CV in. I took upstairs and said, Amanda, you never pulled down the CV. What happened? You're not taking me, giving me the job. I need 12 months security, Amanda. Ta-da. But then you know what? I went to the secret place, amen? I went back. I said, no, no, no. I went back to the secret place. And I said, you know what, Father? You brought me this far for 12 years. Maybe when they finish the contract in three months, you give me a bigger contract, better contract, more money. Let me just give God and thank you. So I went back to the little secret place. By the time... The service manager come in on the Monday, hear him, oh, Faith, I understand you're upset, but don't worry because I've got at least 18 months worth of project work that I need you to do. I said, thank you, Father. (laughs) Amen? Thank you. You understand? I'm not self-directing myself into this 12-month contract and bullying it up when I could be doing something that I rather prefer to do for at least 18 months. Yeah? But as I was saying, your perception of your situation... Yeah, Elimelech's perception of his situation. And I know you're all looking at the picture and saying, what do you see? What is it you see? Yeah, because when God is your steering wheel, sometimes you see something totally different from when he's a spare tire. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot to be seen. But only, only when he's the steering wheel. Okay. Yeah, what did Elimelech see? You have to believe that God is going to give you direction if you go to the secret place. Amen? And there's a lot to see. There's a lot. And when you're looking for 2020 spiritual vision, you may not see the old people. You may see something young and fresh. Isn't it, granddad? You understand? 
Oh, glory. You may see that no matter what your situation, God is a living water flowing through and he will saturate the ground. But we've got to get to the secret place. Amen? Okay. So as we say, Elimelech's gone. Naomi's out there. Bless her heart. And in verse 5, this is where I believe that Naomi started to go back to the secret place. You know? Because it said, Naomi survived. How many of you been in a difficult situation you never thought you was going to get out of, but actually you survived? Come on. Come on. By his grace, his grace and his mercy, you survived. But when you survive, what's the next steps? Her two sons are gone. She ain't got no legacy. And, you know, as a widow in those times, you know, it, nobody wanted to take care of you. You never had little extra family and them things that you're in trouble. You understand? You're seriously, seriously in trouble. But she survived, and many of us survived gossip, divorce, illness, rejection, abuse. You know, we so much things for 10 years. If you think what you're going through is long, 10 years Naomi remained in Moab. 10 years. And at some point in this time in Moab, I believe that she went back to the secret place. Yeah? I really do. She took a U-turn. She made a U-turn. And what we hear in verse 6 is that Naomi heard. Yeah? When you're in the secret place, you will hear from the Lord. Be it corporately or like this morning, prophetically, you're going to hear from the Lord. Yeah? She heard. And what did she hear? She heard that there was barley in the land of Bethlehem. That means they're blessed. Yeah? People who... Oh, I was going to do a little thing, but no, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know me, I get carried away and then I'm here all the long. No, 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 no. So what Naomi did is she clicked on her indicator. She started to make a U-turn, put God back in the steering wheel of her life. Amen? That's what she started to do. And when you start to do that, it's when you reap. Yeah? She heard there was barley this is the point where you're not supposed to praise God, you know. Come on, there was barley in the land. There's barley in the land. Okay. Okay. And that's where, when you start to hear from the Lord, it starts to build up your faith, isn't it? Yeah, when you're hearing from God, it builds your faith. Sometimes when you hear from, like, I'll be there and you say, be anxious for nothing. I was like, oh. be still and know. Oh. The battle is not yours. Oh. It's not yours. Amen? So, yeah, and she made a U-turn. I'm going to keep you long. But as she started to make her U-turn, and she's in the secret place now, yeah? There comes a place. She started to walk and make her way towards Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. But before she gets to Bethlehem, she's in Judah. Anybody know what Judah means? What? Come on, somebody. So, when you are in a secret place, 
no matter how difficult the situation, sometimes the more you pray, yeah, the more you worship, you start to overflow, right? And then you want to praise. The circumstance hasn't changed yet, but you're still going to praise. You know that God is going to bless you, so you start to praise, yeah? Praise. Judah represents praise. So in chapter seven, sorry, she began to praise God. Praise him before you get it. Amen. Praise him before you get it. What was that? What was that? Yeah. What was that man's name? Was it Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 20. And the battle was hot. Remember that? He looked and he thought, I can't do this. The first thing he did, he went in the secret place and prayed. Then he came and he prayed corporately. And what did God say? The battle is not yours. Come on. And what happened after that? Praise. Yes? Praise. He was praising. And as he praised, they got all confused and he reaped the spoils. Amen? He reaped the spoils. So while you're in a secret place, I'm encouraging when you're looking for your 2020 vision, even if you can't see it, yeah? Praise God, because as your praises go up, the blessings come down. And she was strengthened despite her situation. Yeah, she walked and gave faith. But the next thing that happens in chapter one, and we're only in chapter one. Can you imagine how the book is good? Try read it. Yeah. As I said, Ruth's response to her confirmed to me that Naomi must have been going to the secret place. Because she said, intrigue me not to leave you. Amen? Intrigue me. Your God will be? Well, if she's not given an example of who God is and how she's serving God, how would Ruth know? Amen? So that goes to show you, yes. But in the secret place, God starts to reveal things to Naomi. Yeah, he gives a revelation, and that's a divine supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to a human existence. Yeah, he also gives her wisdom, and he says, and wisdom means the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. So praise started the process, and then she gave, gained revelation, and she gave wisdom, and it's at this point she turns around to her daughters-in-law and says, we're not going any further. Please don't follow me. Please don't follow me. And there ain't nothing wrong with it. Today, when I heard Hayden was moving on, it's because sometimes in this 2020 vision, be it individually or be it corporately, we're not all going to go together. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah? So in your individual life, sometimes people can't go where you're going. Yeah, I, have met, I used to have a lot of friends. Now I've got a f- lots of associates. Because the more I want to talk about God and the more I want to move in this way, they ain't coming with me. Do you understand? They're not coming with you. And, even, and you're growing spiritually even within the church, even within the kingdom. You can be close to somebody today. Don't worry about it. Because maybe where you're going, they're not going there. Do you understand? And you have to step to where you need to step to, to be what you need to be, or what God has called you to be in the kingdom. Yeah? Come on. Yeah? This is what it's about. But guess what? Ruth was committed. 
You have Ruth was committed. And there's some people in your life that are committed to you, be it individually, corporately, at work, in your family. It doesn't matter. They are committed. They will stay with you. They will stick with you thick and thin to the end. Yeah? And you cling to these people. And you bond with these people. If you think back to Mary, when she found out that she was going to have the child of God, she was isolated. She was lonely. She was rejected. But she found Elizabeth. Find your Elizabeth, yeah? Find your Ruth. Find your Elizabeth. And God will reveal these people to you in the? That's right. If I wanted to get rid of Nikki Ratchet Road, Mickey, I can get rid of her. And she knows it's the truth. Seven o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock at night, warm to you. You understand? Yes, but she is committed to me and vice versa, you know? Right. So, yes. So, in personal and spiritual growth, he brings revelation. He gives wisdom. We then don't become so self-reliant. We know that God is going to help us because she turned around and said, no, please don't come. But somebody went with her. You understand? You understand? And there are people that are going to come with us. So, we have to be in the secret place. Another thing about the secret place, and I won't be too much longer, is you let go of your past so that God can open your future. Naomi left mob. She was strengthened and she was encouraged and she left mob. She said, "Mm -mm -mm, no more. I'd rather go back in that than be in this. Yeah, she didn't know what she was going to face when she got back there because she turned her back on her people. But guess what? She had to let go of the past. Some people want to get married, but you're vexed with the ex-boyfriend. Let go of the past. <laughs> let it go. Yeah, so that God can open the door for the future. Amen? What? <laughs> Forgive, you don't have to forget. All right? Trust me, let go of the past. I'm telling you, a dear, I, he's an uncle, he's a friend, he's a mentor, he's an all da 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 Uncle Ray, I'll give him his quote. So he turned around, I turned around to him, I said, Uncle Ray, I forgive this person, and they done it again. And he, I said, Uncle Ray, I forgave the person, and they done it again. I said, Uncle Ray, I'm trying to forgive and forget. He goes, don't forget, forgive, but don't forget. He goes, so does that mean I've got to go back and hang around? He said... Faith, why you want to give people a license to sin? Stop it. Don't give people a license to sin in your life. Amen? You're giving them the license to sin. You know better. So just leave it. Yeah? Move into your future. Leave the job. Step out into your future. Sometimes when you're stepping out, you may think to yourself, what will I have like with me and Southwark? And then I thought, well, actually, you know what? God may open my own business. God may do this. I could go into full-time ministry. I could write a book. Do you know what I mean? You just don't know. But until you let go of your past, yeah, and it's crippling you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we have to let go of our past so that God can open the doors to our future. All right? So, almost there. So the beautiful thing is Oprah went back, Ruth and Naomi went forward, and they arrived in time for barley harvest. Just two little people know about barley harvest. 
harvest. All right, forget the barley. You know what it means when it's harvest? It means you're going to be blessed, right? Yeah? Take out the old religious word barley and know that your blessed is harvest time. Reaping. That means when you spend time in the quiet place, secret place, and you're asking for the 2020 vision and he's revealing and he's showing and he's guiding, guess what? When you do that U-turn in life, you ain't too late. Yeah? You're never too late, sweetheart. God brings you into your harvest. And you know the worst thing about it? She never even saw nothing. You can imagine she didn't sow. But she still was there in time to reap for barley. Harvest. He'll give you vineyards you didn't grow. And houses you didn't build. Amen? Right. So right there. So what are you going to do? You're going to dwell in the secret place. Because we know it's going to get rocky. Be it individually or corporately. It will get rocky. But if we can just stay in that secret place. Just dwell there a little longer. A little harder. When he will give you wisdom. He'll give you revelation. He'll move things in and out of your life. And you will reap the barley harvest. Amen? Amen. So the famous quote is, more prayer, more... Less prayer, no prayer. Right. Amen. Thank you. So as I said, is God the steering wheel or spare tire in your life at the moment? Amen. And we've heard a lot. You've been here all weekend, but in order to push that door and to get it, remember, it's never too late to put God back in your driving seat. It don't matter. You don't care. Just put him back in the driving seat. Seek and listen in the secret place. Praise him whilst you're standing in faith. All right? Let go of your past. Surround yourself with like-minded new people, Aids, all right? All the best. And reap the blessings that God has for you. When something bad happens, you can either let it define you or you can define your own situation by the grace of God. Amen. So I thank you. I pray that you all do a super U-turn bigger than Naomi and that you are blessed. Thanks for listening this morning. Okay, so there is something as we are closing, I would like us to just um, pray over in the things that faith has been saying, because especially as we're coming up to our 21 day of prayer and fasting, it'd be a good time to ask God to birth the passion for prayer in our hearts. It could be on our prayer list to ask God to do that. There are three points that faith made. Um, and one, she talked about Abimelech and the decision he made. And I think that was so profound because we have more or less been saying, um, and Faith has not been here for a couple of weeks, we've been saying that we don't um, base our trust in God or his word to us based on our circumstance. We believe his word despite the circumstance. Yes? Um, and then it was um, where she was talking about is the hearing that there is bread. And, and, and it's so key that if we are not in that secret place, we cannot hear. 
But what I would like us to stand and just to take a few moments and as you're standing there is to pray over is the very key, one of the very key points is that um, we have to let go of our past so that God can open the door to our future. That is so key because often we are asking God to do, but we are not releasing anything. And the teacher said yesterday, and I might get some of this wrong, but those of you who are here will know, will, will know what I mean. He was saying that half of knowing what you want is knowing what you need to let go of. Yeah, remember that? That you have to know what you need to, and that is always key. What we have to let go of may not always be easy in the sense that it has become part of us to some extent, even though it is a hindrance. Yeah, And letting go of stuff doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. It just means that it's not working for where you are going. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean the person is bad. It doesn't mean the thing is bad. It just means it's not working for where you are going because it will hold you in a place where you're not meant to be when in fact God wants you to go somewhere else. Yeah, so we need to be able to let go of the past in order to step into the future. Sometimes relinquishing the past mistakes and forgiving ourselves of that and being able to understand that my best days are still ahead of us. So let us stand. And I want you to just take a few moments and to just pray over that point God help me in this hour with the 2020 vision that the that your servant was speaking about that in this season of being able to see you hear you perceive you know what you're doing that 2020 vision that clear vision that clarity of vision that I need is going to take me being in that secret place but when you speak to me about relinquishing things from the past and stepping into the new even though it will be a bold step even though it might take a step that might even cause some tears to fall from my eyes even though it may cause me to be in a place where I might stand alone for a while but God let your grace be multiplied to me so that I can let go of the past in order to step in to the new things. I recognize, God, that I cannot go forward into your future holding the past. So help me to let it go so that I can step into what you have for me. I want you to take a few moments as you stand and just lift your heart up to God and just make that your request to him. I believe we all can do that. I'm going to ask Faith to come back um, and then to just offer up a corporate prayer. I just sense mm-hmm. there's somebody here and you're struggling. There's, there's some, you're struggling with something that you need to let go. And it's, it, it's been bothering you. and You need to let it go that you, God, will open up the door in the future for you. And you're here. And although we're having corporate prayer, maybe I want somebody to pray for you personally. It has become a struggle. A war, as it were, inside. You know what it is. 
somehow step away from it and let God allow you to conquer or get into your future. Amen. Hallelujah. So can you just take a few moments and just take a few moments, just close your eyes. Hallelujah. And just sort of lift that up to the Lord. Because especially for that person, you may well know that you have to let it go, but just think of the implications. You're probably thinking of the ripple effect. But God is saying, trust me. Trust me with the situation. Because I have the blueprint for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus.